0: Welcome to Managing Marketing. This week we're in Boca Raton, in Florida for the ANA Advertising Financial Management Conference. And I'm joined by Steve Lightfoot, Senior Manager, Global Marketing Procurement at the World Federation of Advertisers. Hi Steve. Hello Darren, how are you? I'm very well. This is our eighth year we
1: worked out. Unbelievably, we've been here eight times. And uh, it's great, it's fantastic. I mean, it's been a fantastic event. Delighted to be here in Florida, seeing lots of uh, familiar faces. It's great.
0: Well, it, it, it is good, actually, coming back year after year, Florida and then uh, Phoenix yeah. and then Florida again. But uh, so. I think uh, one of the things I always look forward to is on the first day, Bob Lead, he's the uh, CEO of the ANA, does his sort of... He sets the agenda speech, which he did yesterday, and he had four areas primarily around the digital media space, but also you know, accountability and some of the other challenges. What do you see are the main issues, not from a US-centric view, but from a global view at the WFA as being the challenges?
1: Well, yeah, Bob was talking a lot about how the the transparency debate, discussion, or whatever, however you wish to call it, but how the issue of transparency um, is, is playing out in the U.S. and there's there's a lot of considerations there, and and in a, in a sense he sort of focused on a few things which are enormously important globally as well. I mean, if you look at some of the challenges that are being put to marketers, it's not just simplistically, you know, the, are consumers less interest in advertising? There's big challenges being faced. Are being put to them by by, by regulators, by governments mm. as well. A lot of that has to, of course, to do with things like privacy, um, but it, it, it's also the, the the appropriateness of commercial communications. I mean, this is sort of larger macro issues, but they're being you know they're being faced all around the world. Um, and WFA focuses a lot on you know we're a global trade body, um, and we have you know many very large brands in our membership. And we, we focus a lot not just on the slightly more micro we can call them internal issues in relation to our industry that marketers would have but also the bigger societal issues around things like privacy around Mm. the concerns that consumers have around um, the commercial well, and, communications and, and, and our blocking and that and, kind of
0: and, stuff, yeah, you know, right? and, and uh, advertising to children and the of appropriateness course, yeah. of advertising to children, and yeah. you know there are, and these are issues that are spread across a lot of markets. Yeah, you know, I know yeah. the tobacco industry, which is heavy, heavily regulated in some countries and is hardly regulated in others. From Asia, my Absolutely. perspective, yeah. you know, the chi- in China and Japan, you see cigarette vending machines sitting outside kindergartens and schools, yeah, whereas. You know, in Australia, you, which these are very, you know, from a, the tobacco industry view, a very dark market, they're not allowed to even sponsor anything anymore. Absolutely, of that.
1: And, that, and these are sort of these are these are important issues that are, that relate to cultural sensitivity. And so, while Bob um, sort of set out uh, some of these big issues that the, the marketing industry faces here in the US, you know, ad blocking came up. Um, you know, the transparency discussion, the lack of uh, erosion of trust between media owners and, and um, uh, uh, between um, media companies, between agencies and between clients, um, there's 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 a sensitivity to that here in the US that is different elsewhere in the world. You know, yeah. um, there's different perspectives on it, and it varies. And in, in some cases, um, you can point to some uh, mature markets in, in in the EU that approach this this. Uh, Approach some of these problems in a different way. You know, transparency is a is a, is a big issue. But if you look at what's happening in places like, um, if you look at what's happening in places like France and, and Germany, the the issue fundamentally around AVBs and volume discounts and rebates. It's a topic which has been spoken about for a very long time. Yeah, uh, and it, it's still quite surprising to me that there is such a noise about this, uh, in the US when it's a topic which has been discussed in quite a lot of detail quite some yeah. lengths elsewhere and that surprises me slightly
0: but i'm sure you had this feeling at this same event last year in phoenix I did, where yeah. suddenly you know media was on the agenda because of what happened with mediacom the uh, ex-CEO yeah. of north america came out and said you know well they've been doing rebates and uh and uh, value banks for years, and in Australia we had Mediacom just before the last uh, mm. conference. So I think maybe in the US they've discovered or stumbled yeah. across this behaviour has been going on. So that's why it's such a hot topic. And I, th- I think you're but right. But outside yeah. of the US, you know, as you say, it's been going on for years.
1: I think so. I think it. Um, I think partly it's down to procurement involvement in media. Um, and, well, procurement, increasing procurement involvement in the marketing space, and then consequently, uh, a, a slight lack of awareness, for want of a better way of describing it, of exactly how the medium, media marketplace works, because it's 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 complex. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. It's complex, and the stuff yeah. that you need to understand about it. Um, there's a large supply chain. It's comp- the relationship that exists between agencies and, and, and media owners is, is is a difficult one, and it's changing very quickly, as everybody knows. But this is, is quite difficult if you're a procurement person who comes to this for the f- comes to this for the first time, uh, and you haven't had experience in it before. And so that's that then creates a sense of uh, a lack of understanding uh, and a sense of misalignment between some of the procurement people who. Who might be newer to this, and then organisations who are trying to, you know, get the most of their spend, and that—that uh, th- that I think is being—is it crystallising here where um, you get that sense of, of clients not fully understanding the space, and so therefore, decrying a lack of, of, of mm. a transparency, Trancy, yeah. you know, um, which not is necess- you know, it, not necessarily the case. It's a, you know, it's very easy to sort of to point a finger and say no, you guys aren't transparent you guys aren't transparent when actually it means that you don't necessarily understand their business model. Yeah. Um, so, I think there's some work to be done on all sides, but certainly procurement shouldn't shirk away from exploring exactly how agencies make money.
0: But even mar- uh, marketing procurement <laughs> itself is continuing to go through a transformation. I mean, it's probably the most mature in the US and the UK, yeah. um, and then Europe. But uh, you've, uh, the WFA certainly has representation in Asia, um, where my feeling is that it's still quite embryonic yeah. in, in the discipline of it.
1: I think that's right. Um, embryonic is probably a good way of describing it. I think it. Um, so we have a lot of global brands in our in our organisation. So, and what that means is that is that we tend to see um, global teams, and increasingly, I'm seeing that as those category matrices of. of of how marketing spenders split up how those teams have structured you see people increasingly having a role of managing print globally or point of sale or some of these btl categories have you to describe them some of those guys being based out of asia Um, so they'll have a global responsibility but be based in in southeast asia yeah uh, or Or in china or or wherever
0: yeah
1: and um and the the that's encouraging to see because it shows that there's expertise we're still not perhaps seeing, you know, a head of agency operations um, from one of the big brands, big, a big sort of Western brand, being um, being based outside of some of the sort of the key key yeah. hubs. Which you know maybe we'll get there eventually, but there's still I think there's still a lot of work to be done there for um, to, to to basically skill up. Um, I think I think it's a marketing procurement is a discipline which is evolving quickly. It's a very young discipline. I mean, if you think about how old the marketing discipline is within most companies, with some of you know companies that have been around 100 years, they've had people doing marketing for 60, 70 years. Marketing procurement has only been around for 15 years. Twenty yeah. years, perhaps at maximum. In most, in well, most, in yeah. most companies within our membership, it's yeah. only been around in, for like in eight Australia.
0: Years. I really met my first marketing procurement person back in two thousand and five. Now I started right. my business in two thousand. There was just nothing yeah. in the marketplace about marketing procurement right. around two thousand and five, six, seven. Suddenly, you know, there's this this uh, growing group, but being a very small market, relatively small market. Um, the other thing was that the marketing procurement person was invariably the indirects category procurement person, and marketing was like one fifth or one quarter yeah. of their time. And so, for them to actually build up skill sets yeah. in marketing, it was something that they spent one day a week on.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and you know, relative to the spend probably as well. I mean, yeah. I mean that's undeni- undeniably why procurement has got increasingly more involved in media is because of the amount of money being spent on it really um but but certainly like the, the skill sets is an interesting one i mean we, we've yeah we you know we've done some research on sort of what makes up the the, the best type of marketing procurement professional and it, it really is difficult to sort of pin down exactly what they should look like because because of because of the sort of specificities involved with ad production versus media you can't just typically say oh well somebody needs to sort of have this, back, this background having worked in, in an agency and understanding how to produce or having worked at a media owner or having worked in auditing there's a lot of different disciplines that make up a good marketing procurement professional but certainly certainly the kind of the curiosity mm. and the sort of investigative nature of, 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 a, of a mind which is just interested to understand how how other businesses work and how how the commercial model can um, can, can, can work for their own brand, that, that is the sort of person, I think, who makes uh, up a good... If,
0: if you've got a, a, a good procurement person that has that curiosity to really get to know the category, they yeah. can make a terrific marketing yeah. procurement person. Likewise, someone that's worked in the category, either as a supplier or an agency side, or worked on an yeah. a, a, um, uh, auditor or whatever, that is then able to learn the procurement discipline and the process and brings it to what they know already both of those are equally valid
1: there's one great example i mean this company bigger fmcg client of ours who um they actually have now because of the the visibility that marketing procurement has in their organization they actually have as part of their internal talent development programs they actually have their marketers, their senior marketers who are on fast tracks, have to actually pass through marketing procurement before they're able to then attain a very senior level marketing position, yeah. which I think is is a great, fantastic endorsement of how mature their marketing procurement organisation is, but also how how smart their their, their marketers, um, uh, their marketing leadership is in, in knowing that that good marketers need some of that financial rigor that marketing procurement brings, um, and the way to actually get, because the byproduct product of it, the way to actually get marketing procurement to skill up fast and, and to get to, to acquire those skills, is to actually give them exposure to marketing people, people who come from that marketing background, and a, and a, and a helping marketing procurement speak the right language and find the right ways to address that spend and mm. get get much better exposure to to marketing challenges. And that, so it, it works both ways, even though it's a marketing talent development program. Marketing procurement benefit from having those people pass through their organization as well, so I think there's some something to learn from that kind of idea So
0: Steve, I want to uh, back up a bit and go back to privacy. Yeah, and I know it's a big issue It's a big issue with um, governments all around the world But it's interesting because most of the marketing technology and most of the marketing strategies Are all about getting to know your customer better. Yeah, and and the main driver of that is being able to collect data and analyse data on a person's preferences, their performance, you know, uh, their behaviours, what they do, uh, who who they socialise yes. with, all sorts of things, which is being collected through any number of online uh, platforms mm. like Facebook and the like, and Google. Um, so it's almost like government uh, policy to protect privacy which is an important thing um, could be seen as working counter to the trend in technology and this is this is a this
1: is a a real issue for uh, for the industry the future of of our industry because if we want to become ever more intelligent about how we segment our 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 customer consumer base if we start looking at clever ways to use crm technology we're going to we're going to be ever risking ever
0: more in terms of um, a backlash from 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 uh, from consumers. Because uh, look, I think um, it's about trust. You know, I, I gave up any privacy years ago when I started using social media, well aware that every single thing I do is being captured by someone. Hmm. All I trust is that they truly use it to make my experience of their businesses and brands better.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I mean, we. We have a, a program in place which is called our Digital Digital Governance Exchange, and so what we try and do there is bring together different stakeholders within companies, and I think, and, and so those stakeholders would, would, would typically be senior marketers who get to talk to legal. It's not often you get marketing and legal in the same space, but but it's getting senior marketers talking to legal, but then also um, talking to some of the public affairs, mm. governmental affairs, regulatory affairs um, colleagues, because. The, the, the last sort of segment there are the people who are talking to policy makers and regulators, and under, they understand those sensitivities that are being posed by some of the supranational institutions, you know, World Health Organization, United Nations, some of the other people, local governments who are getting involved. And they they understand those challenges, whereas legal will be looking at it purely from a potentially from a risk perspective yeah. or contract compliance and marketing will be coming at it from a perspective of, well, if we can what, what's what's wrong with being yeah. able to target customers better because that means that I can serve them better ads, more tailored to them. And there's a logic to all of that, but I'd, I'd sort of encourage any sort of any, any clients who, who are interested in this and, 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 and want to pursue this, which should be everybody because it is, it's a vitally important issue. So to, to work out how they can create those own internal programs, Digital governance programs to really make sure their company is, has got a strategy for this, because it's not just about having kind of processes on paper. This is this is a very fast, quickly evolving space, and so you need that dialogue between those different stakeholders internally, just to make sure that the, the messaging that you're putting out and the the reasoning, the rationale behind that is, you know, is in line with what you want, is in line with how you how, how you wish uh, consumers to be.
0: Uh, to be be interacting with your brand. Because I actually see an opportunity in this discussion for procurement. One of the things that people overlook about procurement is that they're particularly good at risk management, Mm. okay? And one of the key areas of a good procurement function is that they're looking for ways of minimizing risk. Now, if you've got marketers that are driven by performance and wanting to use the data available to them any way possible to get better performance, isn't it the ideal position for the future of marketing procurement to start being the, you know, the the risk managers, you know, the ones that actually become the uh, intermediary between marketing and say legal? Yes. Because you know, procurement people are not just finance based; they're also you know contract contracts and things like that. They're very cognizant and understanding. Absolutely. of a legal. and an assessi-
1: assessing the commercial viability of yeah. certain suppliers. And you're right; that's an absolutely it's a core part of. Actually, what is tradi- a traditional procurement skill that you're sort of even, you know taught in, in procurement management mm-hmm. schools? Um, so I think you're absolutely right, and I, and I think there's, I think as marketing procurement gets more involved in working with some of the technology partners who are part of that um, that ad tech, martech space, uh, I think I think risk will increasingly become a big issue. You know, if you if you if you're working with somebody who is is a very small agency doing something wonderfully creative, then then that might be hugely attractive to marketing, um, mm. but there's a certain risk involved with actually working with these types of suppliers, you know, especially if you're a big brand and you represent an enormous part of their business. You know, yeah. You, um, so so these, these are definitely sort of the softer, some of the softer, perhaps intangible, but really important benefits that can be got by marketing to engage more with multi procurement. Yeah, so yeah look,
0: intangible, it's, except how many times have we seen companies have their uh, customer data breached and it's had a huge impact. Um, What was that, uh, the dating site, um, Madison? Ashley Madison. Ashley you know, Madison. Yeah, know, someone yes. someone hacked their database, got all their customer right. data, and suddenly, you know, like there's this huge disaster because they're publishing all these. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: I can't remember if that was a disgruntled employee or if it was a, a, a data breach, but yes, that's I that mean, sort of thing thing's happening. So is exactly anyone that the, says it's intangible,
0: in fact, it's very tangible because yeah. when it happens, there's a huge implication. And yeah. so, you know, I sit in these uh, conferences like this. And I hear people talking about first-party data and third-party data and putting it together on a DMP, mm. you know, the data management platform, and so being, being able to mm, get all these sounds insights. Sounds too good to be true in well, you know, As soon as you start putting your first-party customer data out there, what are the protections what are the risk management and yeah. risk minimization and you know marketers are not thinking about it and and most technology people are not thinking about it so you know to me i think it's it's prime that the responsibility ownership of that yeah, should right. sit with an a discipline within organizations that understand legal understand finance and understand marketing and sales
1: yeah i mean i'd like to i'd like to explore a bit more of this with the network that we have in understanding more about helping marketing procurement work with some of these technology partners because that's where the trend is going is mm-hmm. that is that that more and more companies want direct relationships with, with these technology partners because they want to take ownership of their of their data because they this precisely because they see the risk in, in some of these things you know that the most common um, uh, the, mo- the most one of the most common trends that i'm seeing is is as you, you alluded to it just there with DMPs and sort of direct relationships with those DMPs because they realize clients realize that if they have that relationship, they can take ownership of data in-house um, and they're, they're not necessarily leaving that mm. on in the lap of the agency, which perhaps, you know, reduces a bit of the risk. I, I, to be honest, I think it's more of a play towards better segmentation, mm. but certainly anything, any, any of those areas where you can work directly with the tech partners, that, that will help you minimize some of that risk. And certainly procurement's got a big role to play, as you say, mm. in, in that space. But it's 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 one to watch. Let's see how it let's see how it evolves. You know.
0: Now going back another step, um, this idea of global procurement, and in fact, it's in your title, global marketing procurement. Um, do you see the trend is towards global functions rather than <coughs> having country by country functions? Because the interesting thing to me is we talk about global. But say you're a global across ninety countries, effectively you've got to be cognizant of ninety different bits of legisl or different types of legislation. Is it possible for someone to really operate on a global basis?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a really good question. I think I think there's a so there's a few parts to your question. Um, and let me try and answer it in a couple of different ways. There's a big trend towards centralization. Yeah. Uh, That's not going to be new news to anybody, but certainly within our members, big big brands, there's a big trend towards centralizing the processes um, around marketing procurement and all the things that it can do for marketing, which are beneficial. Uh, Centralizing those processes is a big thing. Um, However, it's very dependent on the category that we would be talking about. So, Things like events and, and to a, a large extent media is, is um, you know, things like sponsorship and experiential and activation. Some of these areas are very local mm. uh, and it's very hard to have. Glo- you can have a global strategy, but the, the implementation of that global it's strategy market locally market is market very, basis. very localised. Mm. For other things, it's a bit more possible to have to, ha- to have a global procurement person looking at it. Things like brand brand identity and design is something that typically you would really want to be kind of very heavily controlled by yeah. Global teams, so that's possible to have a global person doing it. Um, but there's, al- there's always going to be a local intricacies that need to be reflected in those in those uh, category strategies and stuff. Um, but the sort of second part of your question, you know, can you really sort of be a global marketing procurement person? I think it's, I think it's about the the distinction between global often means that you're doing more of a strategic sourcing role. Right. Local procurement will typically mean that you're doing slightly more operational, tactical. Uh, sourcing so I think sometimes it's um it's a it's a bit of a euphemism for that for that distinction frankly um, okay so but yeah I mean if if you can manage to sort of cram 90 90 markets worth of knowledge into your brain then you're doing a better job than the most, so it's a it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, but there's a heavy trend towards centralisation, and I think we'll, we'll see more of it. We'll uh, more. Look,
0: the reason I bring it up is that we're doing a lot of, and, and especially in Asia, a lot of multiple market projects, you know, yeah, on a regional basis with a regional or global procurement team. And one of the things that I try and uh, get people to understand is that while Asia represents a very large market. It's incredibly diverse market. You know, you've got somewhere, uh, what is it, uh, 250 million people in Indonesia, Absolutely. but you've got two very different cultures just mm-hmm. within Indonesia. Um, then you've got uh, China. You can't think of China as a single market. You Absolutely. know, it could be as many as 36 different markets. But you know, we break it down into t- the old tier one, tier two, tier three. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Japan and Korea, and people are inclined to think that they're interchangeable, but actually. In- Totally different in the way that they operate. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so one of the things that we're very cognizant of is really diving into a, even on the one project, each market, so that you get a complete understanding of what's operating, not just in that market, but in that particular relationship. Yeah.
1: And and I think companies, you know, from a, from a, in, a, in, a, in the trade press, uh, internean in companies, you see a lot of oversimplification when it comes to to, to Asian markets. Um, you know, even just saying something as simple as Southeast Asia is is, is is a bit trite because it's a it's just a bit facile, frankly. It's just a bit easy to. But easy to say isn't it I mean, there's, but there's
0: huge distinctions i think and, and most people when they say southeast asia actually mean singapore actually, exactly yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they think of singapore about, yeah. but you know you've got malaysia you've got thailand you've got miram i mean miramar is this like newborn baby of a, mm. of a uh, capitalist society yeah um yeah you know, and then the philippines is totally different again and vietnam is totally different yeah, yeah. so i mean the, the thing
1: the thing is i think there's a sense of there's a sense of oversimplification but then also in order to in order to get stuff done though you do need to have a you do need to simplify just to make it comprehensible to people who 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 are trying to get who, who are trying to you know create Global deals or regional deals, or you know, if you're trying to just streamline and um,
0: so sort of create simplifications, so hoping for the swings and roundabouts in a way, you know, yeah, if it doesn't I, quite work somewhere, yeah. hopefully it'll work somewhere. I mean, else. I was just and thinking
1: about thinking about things like you know, in areas like print, you know, print management, people kind of is a constant sur- sort of uh, cyclical, circular centralization, decentralisation, regional approach to it, using local print. But very fast paced, or using uh, regional printers and trying to deliver it and ship stuff. There's a constant discussion amongst the procurement community about how how best to manage that. And there's no real kind of solution that you can immediately say because all these markets are just uh, very distinct, and, and yet somehow you can bring certain markets together because of because of logistic ease or because of linguistic similarities or or cultural appropriateness? No, absolutely.
0: And it works perfectly to a consultant because the answer is always, it depends. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. what's the solution? It depends. What's the problem? And (laughs) then we'll tell you whether there's a global solution. Um, uh, One of the other things uh, that uh, that makes I'm quite interested in, because, you know, we saw all those media palooza pictures, the big global pictures, um, and yet media owners, media publishers, apart, even the Facebooks and the Googles have sales teams on a country by country basis. Mm. There's very little uh, media that's sold globally, yeah. truly globally, yeah. and the reason for that is governments will legislate because they don't want the media in their country to actually be out of the control yeah. of to the elsewhere. Well, yeah. 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 Um, so, so, but the uh, interesting one, and I'm sure you're aware of this, South Korea. That's government-controlled media. If you want to buy advertising, they had one entity that um, you could buy the media through, and there was a big outcry about lack of competition. So their solution was to create a second department to do the same thing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Problem, so there's problem problem yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now choice. Problem solved. So, so you yeah. Know, could you imagine something like that happening in the UK or, or the US? You know, this yeah. is, to me, it's the prime example of... Uh, Korean um, uh, solutions to complex problems. Absolutely, yeah?
1: and, that, and you know, th- th- this is, is it's wonderful to sort of hear examples like that, and especially sort of sitting in, sitting where we are, uh, you know, here in the U.S., where there is perhaps perhaps inappropriately, but but there's you know some guilt around around people here in the U.S. thinking that, it, that, that the same same applies elsewhere, mm-hmm. and that the same the same solutions can be rolled out elsewhere. I mean that's the beauty of, of doing um, doing doing what we do is we see how some of these some of these very inventive ways of fixing problems can work in the market.
0: Yeah, the more I travel, the more I learn. You know that there is no one solution; that there's thousands solutions.
1: Yeah, I mean one, one of the things that I, I find interesting, you know, and sort of it, I suppose it's sort of bringing it back to where we started and talking about um, talking sort of about media. Um, the, some of the discussions around transparency. It really sort of, it really depends what you actually want um, and, and what you're prepared to do. I mean, here in the U.S., it seems to be, as you said, that things like rebates have been new, uh, new news. Um, arbitrage is happening all over the place, and, and it's something that is, is, is very common. Um, I mean, in What, what of are they,
0: they're calling it principal buying now? Yes,
1: yes. Because <laughs> I mean, arbitrage it, is such a to, dirty to word. To another name, you know, <laughs> to another name and 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 that's something just as we were saying that culturally and as part of business processes it's just the way it works in other places um and that's just factored into the business model that exists in in other places so to kind of to to say that there's a, a global transparency crisis um is taking a cultural stance on an issue that May well exist in other markets, but it may not actually be a problem in the same sense as it is in 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 other places. Mm. Um, so I think we have to be sort of careful in saying, careful in saying that this is a that this is this is a crisis or this is something which is um, is a problem that needs to be solved. It's 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 an, it's something that needs to be understood well, better
0: and aware of.
1: Yeah, and something that needs to be people people need to be aware of. But it's not necessarily problematic
0: unless you wish to make it problematic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And on that, I'm afraid we're going to have to uh, finish, but thanks for a great conversation. It's Steve. been an absolute pleasure, Zabin, any Great catching up.